relationships I go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be okay Friends, internet supporters Lend me your ear <laughs> Welcome to Just Another White Guys I mean, I tried something I mean, come on Why are you being like that? You're not just completely no-selling Hey, what's up everybody? I was laughing Welcome, welcome to Just Another White Guys Podcast I'm Dustin Jones Up late this week um, had a couple guests fall through earlier in the week, and there's just so much going on and so much to unpack uh, that we just haven't gotten to it yet. Anyway, we're gonna do it now. It's Friday, so if you got a drink, uh, or you know, chances are you're listening to this Saturday morning, which means you should be going to brunch, and you should have alcohol because if you go to brunch and you don't have alcohol, it's just a sad breakfast. Word. So, having said all that. If you haven't figured it out by now, my guest host, the pinch hitter, Nikki Jones. <laughs> you make me feel so special when you say that. <laughs> I, I'm i glad I can be here for you when right. other people are not. I, it is my wifely duty, you, I guess. I can always count on you when everyone else fails. That's true. That you'll be there. And, and no sell all your jokes. And no sell all my jokes. And I will say... You you came up with a great idea and got our puppy in a situation where he's laying down. So hopefully there won't be as much clickety clack yeah. on this podcast. Well, one can hope. We'll see. Hey, anyway, we're gonna do a show. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but there's like stuff going on in the world. Um, I promise that there will be funny in this podcast. There will be jokes. <laughs> um, but first of all, we're just gonna piss you all off first. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I don't want to try to piss people off. I'm pissed off about some stuff, but I think there, there are some things that are are worth talking about, and I mean, we'll definitely get into the Trump stuff here in a little bit, um, as well as here's what we call a teaser in the business. Ooh, I have my theory on what's really going on with Donald Trump. What all of this is leading to. We're all waiting on bated breath. And I think you're all going to love it. Well, who cares? Right, on, sorry. What did you say? On bated breath? I think it's with, with bated breath. Yeah, with bated breath. <clears throat> I all I know it up. There's only two things I know about bait. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> the fishing bait. And masturbating. No. That's what? tacky. Oh, that's tacky. That's so tacky. I'm, I'm not a hack comedian. Hack. Hack. <laughs> Before we get started, I do want to say a couple things. It's been a bir- big birthday week for my friends. Um, shout out to to people I'm sure probably won't even listen to this, but Jesse <laughs> uh, Jesse Steele, one of my best friends. It was Jesse's uh, birthday? Was Jesse's I didn't even know that. on Wednesday. Yeah, because she deleted her Facebook, so how else oh, would you know that I don't know anything now. But being the good friend I am, she's in my personal calendar Ooh. where I remember these sort of things. And aren't you fancy as we record right now, Amber, it's Amber's birthday. I said happy birthday to her. It is her birthday. She turns the big three O, which means Good I'm really old because she was, she was a teenager when I met her, right? In her big baggy sweaters and pregnancy <laughs> that was discussed in depth in the last podcast, which probably more than anybody needed to know, but it's kind of what we do. I'm sure she appreciates you discussing her personal life. Without her being aware of it. Well, I mean, 
it's not a surprise that she has a kid. He's 10 years old now. <laughs> like, it's not like a mystery. I guess. So, it was only it was all a mystery to us at the time, but after right. the fact. Anywho's. It's not like I, I don't even, like, I didn't really, did, was it that bad? No, no, it was fine. Oh, See, so you now you got me all <laughs> feeling weird about it. Jeez, thanks a lot. Uh, so, happy birthday to, uh, to Jesse and Amber, two of my favorite people. Um, you know, so big week. Also, this weekend is a big weekend for all the moms out there. Oh, oh, that's not where you thought I was going. Nope. Oh, I'll get to the I'll get to the most important part of the weekend here in a minute. <laughs> Don't you worry, we're gonna get there. But uh, <sighs> shout out to all the moms out there. Um, you know, being a mom, um, I sometimes can be a thankless job and there's a lot of moms that don't get enough credit for for all the stuff that they do especially the moms that also have to be dads um which is tough so uh shout out to the moms out there shout out to roxanne janelle roxanne. and shelly shell so happy mother's day and grandma lil grandma lil shelly um all of them all the other people that we know that are moms. Good job knocking out them kids, y'all. Way to go. And, uh, yeah, so that's the exciting uh, part of that. Now, to the real important part, and I'm sure we might have to come back and, and do another podcast just about this, but tomorrow night, getting a big old check on the bucket list, I get to see, we get to see, one of the greatest comedians of all time, Chris Rock. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's coming to Sugarland. Going to Sugarland. And we get to see Chris Rock do comedy. I'm excited. Honestly, I know that I'm gonna get to see all kinds of new stuff that he hasn't done before. But if he if he just went up and and did like (laughs) all of his old comedy specials, I would be perfectly happy with that. But uh I know that uh he's got a lot of good stuff. In fact, uh Aziz Ansari was on Bill Simmons podcast this week and talked about seeing Chris prepare for mm. the tour, um, working stuff out in the comedy cellar and stuff like that in New York. So, uh, very excited about that. So sweet. We are going to do that. What time is that show? Like seven or seven? I have no idea. We could probably figure that out. Hustle my buns off to get there. Marcus got to do that work thing. Word. So start off a little light build into, uh, what's going on. <laughs> so the first thing that, uh, was of interest to me, uh, today, um, in the midst of all the Comey stuff and, and all that was a, uh, an article that I saw, uh, on the Washington post this morning, uh, attorney general Jeff Sessions mm. announces that he is rolling back former attorney general, Eric Holder's policies, uh, regarding criminal charging of, uh, drug crimes. um, this, this or it's more like lower level offenses, right? Like that's more like because that had been the the change was that it wasn't necessarily that those laws were undone or anything. They were just basically saying. In a, so here's it's here, bullshit. Don't enforce them. Is basically what they were in saying. In a two page memo to federal prosecutors across the country, Jeff Sessions overturned former Attorney General Eric Holder's sweeping criminal charging policy that instructed his prosecutors to avoid charging certain defendants with offenses that would trigger longer mani- mandatory minimum sentences 
in its place, Sessions told his more than 5,000 assistant U.S. attorneys to charge defendants with the most serious crimes, carrying the toughest penalties. Uh, it's a first step towards returning to the war on drugs of the 80s and 90s that resulted in long sentences for minority defendants and packed U.S. prisons. Uh, in fact, they, there was talk that with the crime rates uh, decreasing in the way that they have in the last decade, that the federal prison population is 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 pretty low comparative, you know, to where it's been. Yet we're uh, still like one of the highest com- oh, countries yeah, in still, the world. We still incarcerate tons and tons of people. I can't remember um, those statistics, but they're really high. But uh, back in August 2013, Jeff Sessions called the policy an unwise and ill-informed decision that will take this nation back to a discredited past. Uh, the policy announced today is not tough on crime. Holder said it's a dumb crime. It's dumb on crime. It is ideologically motivated, cookie-cutter approach that has only been proven to generate unfairly long sentences that are often applied indiscriminately and do little to achieve long-term public safety. Basically, what, what Attorney General Holder did was issued a memo that said, hey, if it's a nonviolent drug crime with a person that does not have a history is not affiliated with a cartel or a gang or something like that. Don't necessarily go because I don't, if you're not aware, there are some very serious mandatory minimum crimes for drugs. Those mandatory minimums are also disproportionately, um, disproportionately go against a lot of minorities for the simple fact that those those laws are written to much more strongly punish crack cocaine than powder cocaine. Well, white people are much more likely to use powder cocaine, while African Americans are much more likely to use crack cocaine. So, you know, what does that tell you? You know, our prison systems should not be used to make money. You should not be making money off of people that have committed crimes, especially drug crimes. So many of these people are people that don't need to be locked up. They need to be helped. They have a problem. I'm not talking about people that are trying to distribute huge amounts of drugs. Those fucking people can go away for as long as, as the statute allows. But you're talking about nonviolent offenses are going to, in some cases, give people five, six, ten years in jail for having, you know, a small amount of drugs. Right. Or like a like a girlfriend who has kids in the home, her boyfriend has drugs on him. They He gets caught with them and the kids are with or something, you know, like they're driving in their car, let's say, and the kids are in the car and they get a routine stop and they get searched if the my understanding is if there's drugs on either person those children can get into the into the system then they get taken away and they have to go through the DHS system and and here and the, the woman can be held accountable to that as well and here's my other frustration i might be wrong on that we put federal judges through an tremendous amount of scrutiny mm-hmm. to put them in a position to make rulings on punishment for crimes. Mandatory minimums eliminate judicial discretion. 
if a judge has a case put in front of him that clearly warrants a break, in many instances, they're not allowed to do that. They are given the crime equals this sentence. Done. Why are we handcuffing the judicial process? Why are judges not given the ability to decide this cartel member needs this many years while Betty Joe is driving her boyfriend's car, gets pulled over for a busted taillight, cops, you know, have a reason, you know, maybe she has a warrant or something and they end up searching the car, you know, maybe she has an unpaid traffic ticket. Yeah. And they end up searching the car. Her boyfriend's been stashing drugs. Now, is there a possibility that she knows about those drugs? Sure. Is there a possibility that she doesn't know anything about it? Absolutely. Does that mean that she should go away for 15 years? Maybe, maybe not. And the problem as well is when you're putting people in, especially for when you're putting addicts in who are not like, they're not kingpins, like they have a drug problem. When you're putting those people in, all you're doing is criminalizing them because you're taking away options from them. When they get out, well, for one, they're exposed to a whole nother level of criminal criminals when they're in the system. But then two, when they come out, who the hell hires an ex-con? Who, like... If you have a if you have prison time on your record that eliminate that closes so many doors for you it doesn't matter if it was a stupid mistake that you made when you were 18 or in your 20s or whatever that stays with you your whole life and you're effectively like not able to earn you're not able to be productive in society and depending on the level of offense you may not ever be able to vote again like that is the that's what that does. Like that's what those, so you're handicapping a person who has a prob, who has an addiction as opposed to helping them become a productive member of society. And addicts don't get help in jail. For no, the most there's part. no help there. I don't say that's not no, true. That, that's true. They're, but it's but not, it's, that's not the goal of jail. No, the goal of jail is to keep that prisoner alive and relatively comfortable ish until they can be released some prisons are nicer than others but that's the goal and further down in this washington post article um, there's a paragraph in which i agree with two gentlemen i never in my life imagined that i would agree with a representative for charles and david coke of the coke brothers uh, have pressed for changes in sentencing policies, have also criticized the Justice Department's new memos. Uh, Mark Holden, who's the chairman of Freedom Partners, which is a funding arm of the Koch-backed political network and a general, general counselor for Koch Industries, says that they favor a different approach, which requires changing some of the existing federal laws. There are less costly and more effective ways to help low-level offenders who aren't a threat to public safety other than incarceration. Uh, the new policy is expected to lead to more federal prosecutions and an increase in federal prison population. In February, Jeff Sessions seemed to prepare for that, uh, reversing a directive from former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, who we'll be talking about a little bit more later, mm. for the Justice Department to stop using private prisons to house federal inmates. So, hmm, we've stopped, we've issued a directive to stop using private prisons to house federal inmates so he reverses that and then 
reverses a directive that would increase the number of federal crimes that are charged with longer sentences to add back into the population. That kind of, to me, just sounds like trying to help people make some money, which it would be interesting to note if Jeff Sessions, uh, as a member of uh, the U.S. Congress, um, received uh, financial contributions from those uh, companies that uh, have uh, interest in public in uh, private prisons. I, I think I would, that would be interesting to know that. Right. The uh, so then the recourse for that. So basically, like in the last administration, they looked at those laws and said. These don't seem like just laws to us. They seem like we are overcrowding our prisons. They're not doing what we like. Maybe the spirit behind them was was good, maybe, but the end result, like what we're actually achieving with these laws, does not seem to be happening. So instead of changing the laws, they've left the laws as they are and just said, we're just not going to enforce those laws. We think that they're not good. So then my next thought is then why aren't we changing those laws? Like why? So we change tax law all the time. Why don't we change that criminal law as well? I feel like that needs to, if that changes, then that takes away the argument. There's, there's a simple reason why criminal laws are much less often changed than tax laws. And that's simply because you don't want to be tagged as soft on crime. Right. As a person, it's always going to be popular to be tough on crime. Correct. You, no one's ever going to lose an election being tough on crime. Right. And so, you know, if you decide that you want to uh, try to enact legislation that is going to roll back some of these things, then a political opponent can slap it on a mailer and go, "Look it, this person wants to put more drug dealers on the street to kill you and your family." Right. It's going to target, you know, people that don't consume news. And are easily scared, which are generally suburban white people, because you know they can't they can't move any further away than they do from uh, most urban population centers. You know, so we don't want those big bad scary people, them bad hombres, to come get us until Trump can get that wall built and send them all back. Right. Anyway, so that's the first thing that had me pissed. That was the like the first thing I saw when I got to work and opened up. <laughs> For some somehow on my work computer, I haven't figured out how to get rid of it, but I must have clicked on some Chrome extension that oh. uh, updates me with alerts of big news stories that the Washington Post posts. Yeah, Washington Post's posts, post Washington Post posts. Yeah, whatever. So those things pop up every now and then and that thing popped up i open google chrome before i open anything else i get a little widget alert that's like sessions changes drug policy i'm like god damn it of course i had to click and read it got me all fired up at 5 45 in the morning (laughs) dopey looking bastard (sighs) so yeah so there's that Then, uh, I don't think there's nothing else really going on, though. I mean, other than that. It's a pretty um, light news day. Light, a light news week. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get into this Comey thing. All right. So unless you're living under a rock, you are probably aware that uh, 
FBI Director James Comey is now former FBI Director James Comey uh, as he was fired by President Donald Trump earlier this week um, in, for reasons that have changed more I don't know that there was a reason. He just decided he wanted to fire him and said, well, no, screw it, you're fired. I mean, there may not have been an actual reason, but there were there have been several different versions of well, right. the reasons that have been given thus far. Um, up to and including... Uh, the, now the story is that he just was going to fire him anyway because yeah. he's a showboater. Right. I was going to get that guy. God fucking damn isn't it. it. Isn't the saying that we hate... What we hate in other people is the things we yeah, hate yeah, the yeah. most about ourselves. Yeah. he. Uh, I think maybe he was projecting a little bit a on little that A little bit one. of projection on that guy, maybe. I mean, this is... This is... <laughs> President Trump is so baffling to me. I am... I don't know how it is that I am continually amazed by the butt fuckery that he continues to show here's so, okay here's, sorry here, you, you do your thing i have here, i have something to say but i'll here, wait till you're here's, done here's here's the thing for a for a person that claims that he wants to make america great again he is going about it in a very interesting way. And he seems to not be particularly stable. Um, he seems to, from reports, now obviously none of us are in the room, um, but I don't know that we've had an administration in this short of a time frame that has had more leaks about what is going on than this one. Uh, today... Sean Spicer uh, went out to do his press conference and basically said that they're dismayed at the coverage uh, from the press. To that, I would say, Mr. Spicer, the reason that the press is continually having to question things and parse things is because you guys can't seem to get your fucking story straight. You come out and you say something at one time, then you have to walk it back, then you have to say he doesn't. Also on top of that, you can't seem to get into the Oval As you said, you can't always get into the Oval Office before your press briefing. Those press briefings are at like one in the afternoon. How in the hell does the press secretary for the President of the United States not getting into the Oval Office to be informed on what is going on in the country. He is the person that is in charge of getting the message out for this administration. That is his job. Now, he feels that the press is is they're it, they're you know, they're just being too hard on us. And that is also a position that at least probably for the 40% of people that still like Donald Trump and are going to probably support him no matter what, because probably most of them watch Fox news and they're going to agree with the fact that, you know, some of these media folks, we're just, you're just a little too hard on Mr. Trump. But if he is not 
getting information and not sharing that accurately and continually walking things back, that's an issue. You add to the fact that we have a president that uses social media to rant like a child when he feels slighted, doesn't feel loved enough, didn't get his soda in time. The the people on the TV show are being mean to me. You you can't have a person with that type of personality in this job. It's going to destroy him either mentally or physically he's going to break down and I do not I can't say this enough. I do not wish ill on Donald Trump. I think he's reprehensible. I've thought he's a dirtbag since the late 80s. He has I mean one of my favorite things that I've ever watched in my life is WrestleMania 4. Donald Trump's giant orange head is front and center in the front row of that show. I've seen Donald Trump on my TV since I was like eight years old. He had that douchey look on his face even then. He has he has a face that is hateable, in my opinion. So, I, I, it doesn't matter what good things he's done, what bad things he's done. He looks hateable. <laughs> and that's a problem for him. But also... He's kind of embraced it, though. Exactly. I don't... I'm, you had something else you want to say. I'm going to let you jump in here. Well, okay. So uh, the New York Times posted this uh, this article today. Failing New York Times. Hashtag sad. <laughs> um, and it was basically like, hey, all you people who are getting your news from places that believe the exact same things that you already believe, here are some other partisan voices that you should be listening to. And so there were three articles from the left, three from the right, and three from the center. And so this is from the left, or excuse me, the right. This is from the Federalist. It's David Harsanyi. I don't know how you say his last name. Um, so basically, like his article talks, it's uh, you want you want checks and balances. Stop ignoring the Constitution when you're in power, is what he says, which I don't disagree with. And actually, the, to that point. When you are sworn in as the President of the United States, you are not sworn in to protect the country of the United States. You are sworn in to uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States of America. Right. So, if you are not doing that, you are doing a disservice to your sworn oath. You have given... He put his hand on the Bible and said that he swears to defend the Constitution. Therefore, if he's not doing that, he is failing as a president. Regardless of any other thing that you want to say, whatever, they're a fast, the bullshit that they talked about earlier is either today or yesterday. They're a fast-moving organization. There's so much stuff going on that the press secretary doesn't always get informed. And, you know, they're, because they're doing so many good things. But we're just focused on the bad stuff. Right. So here's what David has to say. Um, some of what he said, like, 
I could agree with and some of it like I did not agree with at all. But this is something that it's like a second paragraph that I thought was interesting. He says, it's difficult to believe that Donald Trump is both a clueless idiot, unable to spell or read or earn a single cent on his own merit and a nefarious mastermind capable of bamboozling the entire nation so he can hand over the White House to Russia. The truth is that the, the truth is that the plausible explanation for the timing of the Comey firing and for the many other political missteps of this administration is remarkably undramatic. Trump isn't very good at being president. Um, and so he goes on to say a bunch of other stuff I won't go into, but um, one of the interesting things he brings up is about Comey specifically. Um he says the Russian investigation doesn't end with Comey with Comey gone. It will likely end with someone far more competent. So it will like, like someone far more competent will be running the FBI after him is this guy's, but I just saw who one of the candidates, like one of the shortlist candidates is for FBI and it's Cornyn, who is a Senator from Texas right? and dude, like I don't, I normally don't say the F word on this podcast, but fuck that guy. So, um, I think you should just make it Giuliani. I mean, why yeah. not? Just let's have it. I mean, I don't know. Up, I only saw two, Times, but he, he cleaned up Times Square. I'm sure he could fix the country. So. But in any case, so I just thought that was interesting. Like it, and this is a guy who is like a hardcore right guy. Um, but so, but cause it's something that you and I talked about the other day is that, um, the uh like the people that voted for him there are some people absolutely who voted for Donald Trump because they they think that he's this the only one who can save the country and they bought into all of his bullshit and whatever there are people who are there but people who would generally vote republican who voted for Trump voted for him because they couldn't vote for Clinton they didn't feel comfortable with any the the other options of um third party candidates or whatever. But so like they nobody's has a problem with him being crazy. <laughs> Nobody has none of them have a problem with him being chaotic and whatever. Like he thrives in that. He thrives in the chaos. He likes having a whirling dervish around him. Like he has no problem with that. The problem for us for the problem I will not I will not speak for every liberal I'll speak for myself the problem for me um is while I did not agree with a lot of what Obama did as well like there are several things that I wish were that he would have done differently promises that I wish he would have kept and I think his use of executive orders and expanding the um the office of the president and the the power of the presidency opens it expanded on what George Bush already did and made it even more possible for Donald Trump to do what he is doing and could possibly be doing. But isn't the counter argument to that when you are finding a re reactionary Congress who makes it basically impossible for any sort of bipartisanship to get done? And we live in a we live in a world of politics now where it's no longer about doing the right thing it's about being able to get reelected so there's no across the aisle there's no you know so i i under i certainly agree with the point that it's frustrating that he went about it that way 
But at some point, he's trying to govern. And that's what Donald Trump is trying to do. Donald Trump is trying to govern in his own way. Right. In the way that he feels is best. Right. In a way that many of us disagree with. So he's using those powers at his disposal because that's, you know, and that's been set up with, you know, where are we at? Uh, 18 years of, you know, the past presidents doing basically the same thing. Right. So you, you, you brought up an interesting point and we can go on and on and there, there's much smarter people that you can look at to, to yeah, like get, we're not politically to get Comey to di- deep dive into the Comey thing. Um, but, but you said that there are people that enjoy the chaos. And in fact, one person that enjoys the chaos the most, um, and this comes from many political reporters and many people that have been around Trump is that he likes the chaos. Yeah. He likes to have people around him that are going to fight and disagree and he gets to sit in the middle of it and just kind of push people's buttons and do that sort of thing. Which That's, sounds remarkably like somebody else we know. Who? Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what... He's the voice of... Although Donald Trump is not the voice of reason. Howard tries to be the voice of reason yeah, within right. his staff. So, that brings me to the theory that I have. Okay. I'm interested to hear this. I've been waiting I, all day. I have a theory as to what is actually happening. Because I have never believed for one minute that Donald Trump ever actually wanted to be president. Ever. I think he wanted to, you know, keep his name out there. Keep And I think what happened is that he kind of created a momentum wave that he couldn't get off of and wasn't allowed to get off of. So I think what is actually happening is he is intentionally trying to get impeached for a very different reason than the fact that he doesn't want to be president. What does Donald Trump love more than anything else? He loves chaos and he loves being a TV star. What better way (laughs) to build up an audience for the greatest television spectacular of all time than the Donald Trump impeachment hearings right smack dab in the doldrums of summer TV season when there's not enough good shows on and all these programming companies are looking for content. The Donald Trump circus impeachment hearings would be on every network. He would be on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, Headline News, HGTV, ESPN, <laughs> Bravo, all every, everything. He would be on them all. And laying the groundwork for all of these things. You run out all the, all the heavy hitters. You bring back Comey. You bring back Sally Yates. You bring back... Um, this dipshit that they hired as the national security advisor that has all these ties to Russia. You bring them all in. They all got to testify. The list, the subpoena list of the people that have to come testify these hearings will be longer than, 
I mean, it would be long. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. So, what what could be better? If he doesn't actually really want to be president, why not go out with a real bang and be go down in the history books? He's not gonna. He's never gonna resign ever. I never. I wouldn't because he's not a quitter. Oh boy, he ain't a quitter. But if they kicked him out, because then he could just spin it as they. I was telling them the truth and they didn't want to hear it and they kicked me out. They got rid of me. Bigger, he'd be bigger than ever. Be the biggest. Donald Trump would be the Do biggest think, thing on TV. Or would it? I mean, he obviously has no shame. Like, there's not any like scent of disgrace for him. I don't think with it. Would there be? I don't know. Does this guy seem to come come off to you as a guy that would be humbled by that sort of thing? Oh no! Oh, they they finally they're gonna get rid of me. Oh no! I I should really. Uh, can you imagine the yelling and screaming that he would do? The test, the hours of testimony he would have to do on live TV. Oh God! It would be so great. It would be the greatest TV show of all time. It would do the. It would do monster ratings. Yeah. Be huge. Leading right into football season. <laughs> well, it would be, be longer than that. Oh no! Start no no no. You start. I mean, just start uh, the first. You know, the end of June. You know, the dog days. Of, the dog days of summer with baseball season. Once the NBA playoffs are over, what else do they got to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, they need content. And you know, he was making fun of how terrible the ratings were for Celebrity Apprentice and all this stuff. We could turn this into a real live version of the apprentice except it's a reverse apprentice where he's the one that could get fired and you got to hear all these stories it's going to be the reverse it would be the great it would it would be amazing okay so i know you're not like super knowledgeable about this either but like excuse me the procedurals I'm, I'm 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 knowledgeable about all things okay so the procedures of impeachment like because Nixon was in, was impeached by the House, but not by the Senate. But he chose to resign. So I don't know if he wouldn't have been forced to leave office, right? Like he would have. An impeachment doesn't mean that you necessarily have to leave office. I don't think. If you're impeached by both branch by both the House and the Senate, I believe you have to leave. That you're. <laughs> You know what? We have a Google machine. At the federal level, Article 2 of the United States Constitution states in Section 4 that the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for conviction of treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, Because like, people of, think of Nixon as being impeached, which he was, but that's not why he left office. He chose to resign. The House of Representatives has, has the sole power of impeaching, while the United States Senate has the sole power to try all impeachments. The removal of impeached officials is automatic upon conviction in the Senate. In Nixon v. United States 1993, the Supreme Court determined that the federal judiciary cannot review such proceedings. So basically, you're impeached by the House of Representatives, and then you go on trial with the Senate. If you're convicted by the Senate, then you're see out. See you later. So instead of so Nixon chose not to do the 
to go through the scandal of the of a trial through with the Senate. He just chose to resign. That's correct. So there have been, let's see, federal official impeachment of the U.S. president. The bringing articles of impeachment against a president requires a majority vote in the House of Representatives. When the case is tried by the Senate, a vote of at least two-thirds of those present is required to convict and remove the president from office. The law of presidential powers and duties is ill-defined. Justice Robert H. Jackson wrote in 1952, and there is a poverty of really useful and unambiguous authority applicable to concrete problems of executive power as they actually present themselves. Two U.S. presidents have been impeached by the House of Representatives, Andrew Johnson in 1868 and Bill Clinton in 1998. Both later Nixon wasn't impeached? Well, can you let me finish Sorry. what I'm reading? Sorry. Both later acquitted at trials held by the Senate. While articles of impeachment of impeachment against Richard Nixon were passed by the House Judiciary Committee in 1974, Nixon resigned the presidency uh, before the impeachment resolutions could be considered by the full House. Gotcha. When an impeachment process involves a U.S. president, the Chief Justice of the United States is required to preside during the Senate trial. In all other trials, the Vice President would preside in his capacity as President of the Senate. Although it has been suggested that a literal reading of the Constitution would designate the Vice President to preside over his or her own impeachment trial, the logic of this scenario has been used as an argument against textualism. So. Interesting. What could happen is we have the huge, big showdown. The House of Representatives. Boom, boom, boom. The impeachment process of Donald J. Trump. Huge, huge graphics. You know, kind of sparkles. All kinds of good shit on the TV. It'd be great. Build. The buildup would be huge. The biggest ever. So... What kind of evidence do they need? Would they need? Because so here's the: Is it likely that the majority party would would impeach the president of their own party? If if it comes out that some of this Russia shit is real, yes. Why? The same thing that we talked about. A little, we're gonna call this is in the business. We call this a callback. What did we talk about a little bit ago with why they don't change federal drug crime legislation? These motherfuckers want to keep getting elected. Yeah. If these coattails keep coming up, there's no more room. Adios, Donnie J. Impeachment time. Donnie J. <laughs> We're close like that. I can. Uh, I guess. Just, can you? But can you just imagine the spectacle? All these, all these TV channels are talking about how they need content and how the ratings are declining and how people aren't watching enough. Oh, it'd be huge. Honestly, like... Bigly. Bigly. It would be... I, I know we make fun of Donald Trump for saying it is the biggest ever, but this would be the biggest ever. I just... I mean, it would have to be some amazing evidence that came out of the investigation. I just can't imagine... Even, because ultimately, like, those bastards got behind him. Like, all those Republicans who well, hated him. What we him, really need is the peeing video. That Russian pee video. That's, that's That's got to be out there. And that thing has to be real. That thing comes out. I don't know. Well, I don't know. 
no. some of these weird white dudes in the, in the Congress. I mean, they're probably into that stuff. They were like, well, I can understand a situation where you might have somebody pee on you. It's not like you asked them to shit on them. That, that's a bridge <laughs> too far. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so that's my big theory. All right, my theory is that he is setting up for the grandest television spectacular of all time. He's gonna get that does seem in character. He's he's been pumping he's been pumping the media as fake news, fake news, fake news. They're gonna do the fake news. I'm gonna bring you the real news, and we're I gonna think, do it up big. I think like my continual shock is that like, and it just needs to stop being shocking. Uh, I mean, by a long time ago, it needed to stop being shocking. Is that like he was this a hole on TV? He like just kind of an embarrassing sort of person. And then he had the whole birther thing and just after Obama showed his fricking birth certificate, still saying that Obama was, wasn't a U.S. citizen and, and was a Muslim and all this other crap. Like I just, he's a character. And so like, I keep waiting for the guy behind the character to show up. Like, like where is the, is he so bought into his character now that like, that's just who he is, I guess. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like there's just something to me that said, all right, well, like at some point he'll actually, you know, be a human being and not just this character that he's invented and, that his own this little hype machine that he is or whatever and that's just not the case like this is who he is i guess and for the people that voted for him they freaking love it so i think that's where we're headed that's where we're headed to the greatest tv spectacular of all time and as much as i because he doesn't Donald- give a shit about the republic or the like the the like the unity of the country or like no. the like he doesn't care about any of that nope. so and as much as i hate donald trump i will tell you what i'll be setting my dvr it'll be better than the oj trial it'll i be, won't watch a single be, minute of it yes you will it'll be the nope. greatest tv of all time so when that's where we're on, headed I will leave the wor- we're headed the to the trump impeachment spectacular so y'all get your popcorn ready it's gonna be a fun summer yeah so that's the trump talk we're done with that. Let's finish up with a little levity, shall we? Okay. We'll go to the we'll go to the Facebook questions. I have to tell you, I'm a little I'm a little saddened by the lack of response. See you people. Well, it's Friday night. Us. You didn't put it up that. I don't care. Put it up earlier. They should be checking. It's Facebook people. Man, I see people looking at their phones all the time. Yeah, first of most, all, most first of your of friends all, have should, unfollowed you. <laughs> that's probably true. There's <laughs> y'all unfollowed me. It's it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I see what you did there. I can always count on the one and only Rod Stark to provide some content. Word. Although he drops in uh, with a with a Trump question, who he refers to as El Trumpo. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will be the next person to be fired by the president of the United States? Um, I don't know if he'll be fired or he'll resign, but I have a feeling the Assistant Attorney General. Um, could be, um, on the, uh, on the way out. Cause he, part of the reason why Trump's been walking back this whole thing 
uh, this Comey letter that basically said that he took the recommendation of the the AG and the assistant AG, um, and basically the story kind of going around is that the AG was basically said, "Hey, write a letter that gives me cover to fire this guy." Um, and so then for Trump to then kind of blame, uh, I think it's Rosen Rosenbaum Rosenbaum. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't like that he's getting thrown under the bus for that. So I don't know. That would, if I was gonna pick, that would be my guess. I think Sean Spicer might be getting fired at some point. Spicy, oh spicy, or he might quit. <laughs> Which mm. I mean, who could blame him? Man, they just put Sarah Huckabee up there as chum bait. Yes, the last yeah. the two days before, and she was got that lady. I mean, God bless her. She straight up just sold her soul to the devil, and that's. I'm assuming that her dad is be Mike Huckabee's my, kid. I would assume. so. I suppose. I mean, the apple must not fall from the tree because that fat fuck. Oh God, he is a disreputable piece of shit. I can't believe that. I can't believe that Mike Huckabee was ever elected to an office of anything. That guy's Twitter was he a governor? He was the governor of Arkansas. That dude's Twitter. Yeah, he's a straight up white supremacist, oh, pretty much. I. I would like five minutes in a room with that guy with, um, never mind. (laughs) Anyway. Anywho. We'll finish up on a light note. As Rod did ask a question that was not politically related. Is not, whatever, who cares at this point? Most people have already stopped listening. What was your favorite TV show as a child? Hmm. So many good ones. I'm going to say Little House on the Prairie. Vomit. I loved that show. I still love that show. I'll watch it if it's on. Terrible. Dude, Mr. Edwards and Half Pint. Lame. Manly. There's so many great shows. Um, I mean, Alf, Knight Rider, Airwolf. So, like, I know Centurions. I've watched all of Centurions is a very underrated cartoon. That I don't was know awesome. Centurions. Centurions at all. was awesome. I must have been too old for that I've, one. I think I've ex- tried to explain Centurions to you before once, and you just you weren't listening because I zoned out. You were doing that thing where like you act like you're listening, uh-huh. and then you're like, uh-huh. yeah, like you're doing right now. <laughs> um, so that was that was solid. I mean, He Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon, awesome. Transformers cartoons, awesome. GI Joe cartoons, awesome. So pretty much, you just watch cartoons. I watched a like lot he has of things. for TV shows, so that doesn't seem like cartoons TV. are TV shows. In the eighties and nineties, where else were you watching cartoons? I know, but on that's TV. not a show. Like that's yeah, just it is. what you do when you're dicking around waiting for how, breakfast to be ready on Saturday morning. How dare you? Or after school and you're eating your after school snack. Like that's what you watch after school. That's what cartoons were. I, Did not everybody feel that way? Although I will say I did, I did miss I things. I have so to many watch Jim, Jim Cornette phrases in my head right now that I'm not going to say on the podcast to you, <laughs> but just know that I'm thinking them. Mm, thank you. Um, Saved by the Bell was awesome. Um, I mean, I'm a fat kid, so you know I was watching a lot of TV. Um, what else did I like? Um, I was in on the Wonder Years for a little bit. That was oh, a pretty yeah. good show. Um, we were a big TGIF family, so uh, Full House Oof. and uh, Family Matters. Um, different Strokes, obviously, great uh, show. Oh, yeah, Different Strokes, that was um, good. Facts of Life. Yeah. That was a good one. 
But I would say probably my favorite show as a kid was Airwolf. I love that show. I don't think I ever watched that. Jan Michael Vincent and um, um, Ed was it Ed? Um, the hell is that guy's name? Character actor Ed. Um, damn it, I can't think of his name. But I love that show. I always wanted to have a helicopter like that. <laughs> it been so rad. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one dorky story about me when I was a little kid. I'd be. I rode my bike a lot when I was a kid. That's how we got around. And, uh, you know, even though I was a fat kid, I still, I had some pretty good bike riding stamina. And when I'd be riding by myself, sometimes I would think about the airwolf theme song in my head (laughs) and on my hand, the handlebars on my bike, there was like a little place where I think the, the handbrake was screwed on to the thing. So it had a little button and there was a, there would be a thing in Airwolf because Airwolf was this awesome helicopter, but it also had like a special like um, jet propulsion thing where you could hit like for a speed boost and like the, uh, like a flame would shoot out and like it would push them faster. Nice. So I'd be riding my bike and I'd be like, I need to go faster. I need to speed boost. And I would push the little thing and pretend that I was getting a speed boost. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Is that Ernest Borgnine. Thinking? Yes. Thank you. Good pull. Well done. Thank you, Google Machine. Thank you, Google Machine. So I would say... Of all of those, wow! I'm gonna go. Jan Michael Vincent did not age well. I bet he did. Holy moly! Speaking of dudes Oof. that speaking of dudes that haven't aged well, um, there's a uh, that's terrifying special like um, showing of some Val Kilmer documentary or something at the comedy, uh, the Improv, like in July or something like that, or a one man play or something that he's doing. Oh, Val Kilmer! Well, he just got done with cancer treatments or something. Yeah, but even before then. Yeah, no. Homeboy he, was he, not. He got real chubby. Yeah, I mean, I'm not judging for that. I mean, I, mean, I can't say anything about being fat. I would, but. You know, I don't want to see Val Kilmer do a one-man play, but I would pay money for him to just do lines from Tombstone. Like, <laughs> can you just do Doc Holliday? I will pay money for that show. <laughs> see, so we bring the funny a little bit on this show every once in a while. What else? What else should we talk about? I've never really, I've, I didn't ever really deep dive into how sad I am about hockey. Um, that was real sad. Oh, that sucks. So depressing. It's been like three weeks now. Blows. So much pain. So much tragedy. Oh, I don't even care about any of the teams that are in now. I know. I literally have no one to cheer for. I was, I was rooting for Edmonton to beat Anaheim because I hate Anaheim more than anything in the world, but I also hate Nashville and I care zero about Ottawa and I don't want Pittsburgh to win. So I mean, really I have guess nobody I to want win. Ottawa to win because they're like it. I mean, when's the last time a Canadian team won the cup? Um, it's been a while, I think. God. So, yeah, I, I mean, know. that'd be nice for them. But I think, I mean, I don't really care. Like one of the guys that I work with is a, he's one of the few hockey fans in the state of Texas and, or at least in the su- southern part of Texas. And uh, we were talking about, because he's an Edmonton guy. I think he's from there. He's from Alberta, at least. And so he was pretty bummed that the, the Oilers were done. So we were talking. And so his, he's cheering for Ottawa, obviously, because he wants a Canadian team to win. Right. But I think at that point, like when I talked to him earlier today, I was like, I think I'm cheering for Nashville. But like barely. I just don't really care now. The last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup the 1993 Montreal Canadiens. No kidding. It's been yep. that long? Yep. 
Wow, that's crazy. As it goes, Rangers, Devils, Avalanche, Red Wings back-to-back, Stars, Devils, Avalanche, Red Wings, Devils, Lightning. Uh, There was no champion in 2005 because of the lockout. Uh, Carolina, Anaheim, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Boston, L.A., Chicago, L.A., Chicago, Pittsburgh. Wow. Huh. 1993. That's crazy, especially, well, I guess the Canadian players are scattered around the league, but, like, for how dominant they've been in, like, um, like country, like, Olympic play and whatever. From 84 to 93, um, there were two... There were two Pittsburgh Cups in there in 91 and 92, but the rest is all Edmonton and Montreal and a Calgary in there. Yeah. Uh, and then you had a four-year run of the Islanders. Then you had a four – before that, you had a four years of the Canadians. So, I mean, you know. So, historically, they have a lot, but not recently. Oh, yeah. Huh, that's crazy. I didn't realize it had been that long. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Word. So, anyway, that's depressing. Um, it is sad. Big changes, I think, we'll see coming from the wild um, as we move. I freaking hope so. I don't. uh, I don't see how they couldn't. um, Really, at this point, so maybe starting with Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher's not going anywhere this year, and I'll tell you the reason for that. Um, With the expansion draft, um, it's too. It's too much, especially if they were going to do it, they needed to have done it already, because you know there's a lot of move like. There's stuff in motion already, um, and it's that's I think that's too much to ask yeah. of a GM. Here's the problem, though: you're asking, you basically have to trust that Fletcher is the guy to shape your roster at least for the next couple of years, because the decisions that he's going to make this summer are going to shape the roster for the for the next few years, because he's going to have to decide who they're exposing to um, the expansion draft. How much money they're going to have to give Nino and Granlund? Um, you know, are Howell is a restricted free agent? So I mean, do they go to arbitration on a one or two year deal with him, or do they trade him, or what? The, yeah. What's the deal with that? You know, they're at the beginning of the year. You would have said that the biggest asset that the Wild had was their was their blue line, their defenseman, and now it's become a liability. So you, you're deciding, you know. Is Brodeen staying? Is Scandella staying? Is Dumba staying? What you know? What What are you going to do with that back end? Um, yeah. So there's some interesting questions. So it's going to be an interesting summer. Going to have a lot going on. So we have that to look forward to as the Wild fail again. Um, <laughs> and I kind of like. I feel like this was the year, like with their current, like with the changes that they made. To win, like this was the year, yeah. And so they they missed this opportunity, and I don't think that with this group of guys, like I mean, some of them will be around for when they make another run again. But like, uh, I mean, unless they find some magic in a bottle, I think next season is probably going to be a rebuilding season. I wouldn't imagine. I mean, maybe we'll make the playoffs, maybe, but I just don't. Such negativity. I'm just saying, like the team that we got like 106 points this year. Yeah, we can win in the regular season. It's whether or not they can do anything after that. Those guys are getting old. I'm saying. I'm just saying that some of those key guys are getting old. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to see if Chuck can work some magic and offload that Palmerville contract after July 1 when his uh, note. Right now he has a limited no trade of basically he can pick 10 teams to be traded to. After July 1st, though, that goes to 20 teams. So basically that, that really opens up um, some options for him. So I think there's – it's a lot of money, but if you can structure it right. God, he's so adorable. It's the best. <laughs> I wish I wish you know could we see Buster sleeping right now. It is maybe the cutest thing ever. We we didn't uh, we didn't even get to the Trump tax thing, but who cares at this point? Go read the letter from Trump's, Trump Trump's tax lawyer. And in fact, I think we'll save that um, and see if uh, I'm I'm planning on uh, having the uh, official uh, uh, legal correspondent for just another Why Guys Ooh. podcast, Heather Heather, back on the the program here. Um, shortly, even though she hasn't really been paying attention to the news as, as she told me in a recent text message. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's the, I don't have anyone else that is a lawyer that I know to, to refer them to them. So she gets that spot one because she's awesome at being a lawyer and two, because I don't have any other options. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you so, did, she even if I did get. still number one, because she's awesome on top right. of being an awesome lawyer. She's awesome in general. Anyway, it's weird now. Yeah, it's got, just a little awkward. It <laughs> got awkward. <laughs> Hashtag awk. Can you not do that while we're... All that comes right through the microphone. Does it? You yes. can hear it? Oh, yes. okay. Sorry. You freaking weirdo. Dude, you're like a musical, like a AV professional in the past. I am you not an AV professional ever. <laughs> I you don't think I, you don't I, think I, sing, that I perform sound, into AV equipment. Don't I don't think that that, claim to know anything about you it. You not listen to the podcast and heard the little rattles? You don't think that comes right through? Uh, sorry, I wasn't thinking. Sorry, there's a chip clip on the desk and it has me yeah, distracted. Yeah, they know because they can hear you clicking the damn thing. Ruining another It's my podcast. fidget toy. This is why I don't have you on unless it's a backup roll. Oh, damn it. I'm just kidding. I'm just going to go away now. Well, it's been an hour, so we can both go away. I don't think anybody's listening at this point anyway. I know you'll listen to it because you like to listen to the show. Hmm. Sometimes when you're not hating me. <laughs> anyway. Well, if you would be nicer to me, maybe I wouldn't freaking hate you. So mm. mean. Yeah. That's, so that's, much meanness. That's that's what it is. Yep. Anyway, I think that'll do it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> we... um. We got uh, Chris Rock tomorrow night, so that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll come on and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Check that off the old bucket list. Maybe. And um, still efforting some guests uh, for next week. Still working on uh, Giselle from Bandana and Giselle. Go 96.3 up in the Twin Cities. Um, we were scheduled to do it. Seriously, you're going to yawn right at the end of my promo. Sorry. Right I, into the microphone. Sorry. I, I meant to shut it off. I, I missed so it. So great. This makes for the best show ever. <laughs> well, it would be best if, better as if I could fart. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't have one on deck, though. I'm sorry to say. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> still trying to get Giselle on. Still working uh, to schedule some other guests as well. So lots to look forward to in the coming weeks on Just Another White Guys podcast, including the upcoming Trump impeachment spectacular that I know you'll all be looking forward to. So that is it. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you to my beautiful, talented, amazing wife for being the best co-host ever. Anytime. Happy to help. I appreciate you being here. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Please remember to uh, follow on Twitter. And please contribute questions when I post them on Facebook. Because, you know, it helps the show be funnier. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you as always. Seriously, 
um, we we continue to to grow in listeners, and uh, there's some dude in Denmark, a dude, some person in Denmark who's listened to a few of the shows. So what's up, Denmark? Uh, and I appreciate you guys spreading the word about just another white guy's podcast. I think that's probably I think I've said it all. So with that, always remember the most important thing as you go through your life: always protect the five hole. It's just me against the world. Ooh.